I don't know about you, but isn't it great, the energetic and wonderful programs they have for vacation Bible school these days? When I was a kid, they had just invented (laughs) Kool-Aid. And that's what I remember. Hear the Word of God from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, located on page 922 in the Pew Bible. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Chris. Well, as we said, it is Sit Together Sunday, and the kids are here with us. So if you'll bear with me, choir, I'm going to go ahead and move down here just to be a little closer because I'm going to have the kids help me out a little bit. A couple different parts for them. It really was an exciting week. It was so exciting to watch and see the way in which God interacted with our kids and our kids interacted with each other and all the joy and the laughter around here. It just lifted all of us who were here. It lifted all of us up. Well, in each week, what happens is the kids get every day a Bible buddy. And so this Bible buddy talks about a Bible point, and it gives them a scripture verse. Matter of fact, they even have an app that you can download on your phone, and you can shine it on the keychain, and the Bible buddy will talk to you and tell you the Bible verse. Yes, technology is that advanced. So kids, here's what I thought we would do. I thought you guys could help me out a little bit here and just help everybody learn who the Bible buddy is, their name, and then I'm going to ask you what that Bible buddy taught you, the point. So the picture's going to appear up here. So who's this one? Who's this guy? Climber, Climber, right? And Climber says God has the power to... Provide, that's right. Comes from 2 Corinthians 9, 8. The verse was, and God will generously provide for all your needs. Okay, who's this one? Cliff, that's right, Cliff. Cliff says, God has the power to 
comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.14. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Okay, who's this one? Mallory. Mallory, that's right. And Mallory says God has the power to... To heal. Very good, you guys. All right. That comes from Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages up their wounds. How about this guy? Who's Pike. Pike, yes. And Pike says, God has the power to... Forgive. Forgive. From Nehemiah 9, 17. You are a God of forgiveness. All right. Now, here's the last one. Who's this? Yeti, that's right. And Yeti says, God has the power to love us forever. Yes, you got that right. Love us forever. And the verse was from John 3, 15. Everyone who believes in him shall have eternal life. Now, these Bible buddies, they showed our kids how God's power can help us conquer life's challenges. And it can help us climb the mountains of life. They learned that God's power can provide, it can comfort, it can heal, forgive, and God's love and power teaches us to love. You know, when I was in college, I had a really good friend of mine, and he loved climbing mountains, like the real Everest kind, like you learned about at VBS. He liked to actually go out and climb those mountains. And one of the things he really had a goal to do was to climb the highest mountain in every state. And I think he's almost there. And I remember his, his joy and his excitement at the adventure and the possibility of climbing that mountain. And as I watched him do it, I thought, he better than me. I mean, do you know what it takes to climb those mountains? I mean, this is not just like get a backpack and go. I mean, you got to like train for these things. You got to get supplies. It's a big deal to climb a mountain. So I thought, you know, I'll stay at like base camp and take the pictures and cheer them on. That was about as far as I was going to get. But in listening to his stories, I, I learned a little bit about mountain climbing And you know, as I watched all of you guys learn this past week, it got me to thinking, you know, mountain climbing, when you ever see pictures of mountain climbing, you almost always see pictures of mountain climbing and people are climbing together. You rarely see just somebody heading up Mount Everest all by themselves, right? I mean, people come together. They help each other climb the mountain and reach that beautiful and glorious summit and they do it together. Well, our scripture reading today, the the book of Romans, Paul's talking to the church there and he talks about what it looks like when we as a church, when we come together and climb the mountains of life, dream the dreams, walk through the challenges and do it together. He talks about how God's mighty power works in and through us as a community of faith. And it's interesting because Paul's writing to the to the church in Rome, but he also writes a very similar passage to the church in Ephesus and the church in Corinth. And in all three of those sections of his letters, there's some similar elements to it. You'll see sacrifice and surrender talked about. We'll see this understanding of the diversity of gifts being used. 
And in all three, there's this spirit of unity that's expressed as they live out their life of faith together. And, you know, as I thought about it, and I thought about the joys and challenges in my own life, I, I realized how God's power was with me, but it was almost always in and through others walking alongside of me that helped me climb the mountains that I face in my life. And I realized, you know, I think that's why through Scripture, you know, God never gives up on creating community. I mean, he, I think God continues to do it so that through people, God's power might heal and transform and love this world. So, I got to thinking, without eisegeting the text too much, I thought I would take a look at mountain climbing and this letter from Paul and see if I might see see where my spirit was going this week. Because there was a couple of things I saw in mountain climbing that I sort of see in Paul's letter. So just kind of go with me here. First off, I noticed that in mountain climbing, what you got to do is you got to first off surrender to that mountain. That mountain's bigger than you. And so anybody who's getting ready to to head out and climb a mountain, the first thing is they got to surrender to it. I mean, it's big. It's beautiful. It is awesome. But it is also uncertain, unpredictable, the hot, the cold, and there's even some unseen obstacles and some unusual critters that are usually on those mountain paths. And so surrendering to that mountain is the first step as they mountain climbers head off. I read in an article this week, a woman said that Mother Teresa said this about surrender when looking at our life of faith. Total surrender of God must come in small details as it comes in big details. It's nothing but a single word. Yes, I accept whatever you give. And I give whatever you take. And this is just a simple way for us to be holy, she said. We must not create difficulties in our own mind. To be holy doesn't mean to do extraordinary things, to understand big things. But it's a simple acceptance because I've given myself to God because I belong to him. In this is my total surrender. Think about that and the words that we heard today from Paul. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. Don't be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we might discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, Scripture tells us. I don't know about you, but surrender is oftentimes a little bit more challenging for me than I would like it to be. I mean, I like to take a hold of things. I like to get it done, right? I can grab a hold, take control. And you know what? Sometimes that blocks the ability for me to see everything else around me. I mean, isn't it easy for the ego to just distract us? It can be that strong magnet that pulls us away from seeing all the the beauty and good that is around us. But see, Paul invites us, invites us in the community of faith to, 
to fall into an alignment with God. And he says, remember, you belong to me. Therefore, offer yourself, the whole of you, your body, your mind, your spirit, offer that to me. And then God invites us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Paul says. By fixing our minds to discern the will of God and looking at what is good and what is acceptable, what is perfect and beautiful in the sight of God. For God wants to work in and through us. But the truth is, in order for God to do that, we've got to make room for God to show up. So therefore, we, like the mountain climber, have to surrender to that which is greater than ourselves. But then it took me to the second thing I saw about mountain climbing. Mountain climbers have to train, right? They have to train and get in shape. A soon-to-be mountain climber will tell you they will go out and get their guide. They'll go get their supplies. They'll plan their trip. And they even train their body, getting everything in shape to, to get ready to climb that mountain. And so there's some tools that mountain climbers use. Now, this, kids, you had tools all across this campus that were set up that mountain climbers sometimes have to use to climb a mountain. What were some of those tools you saw laying around here? What do they need? Rope? What else did they have? A what? A right? A, a rope? A light? What else? Skis? Tents? Very good. They had to gather all these supplies, right? Mountain climbers, they got to gather all these supplies together so they can climb the mountain. They've got to use their gifts, strengthen their muscles, get ready to go. Well, you know, so the same is true when it comes to the church. I mean, when we're going to live this life of faith together, we got to pull together our tools. We've got to pull together the gifts that we have. And then we figure out how we might use them for others. And that's what Paul talks about in this passage a bit. When he says this, he says, for as in one body, we have many members and not all members have the same function. See, he's got different, different functions, just like you need different tools. He says, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individuals, we as members, one or the other, and we have gifts that differ according to the grace that's given to us. You see, we're all get given different spiritual gifts. We all have different talents. We have different skills. And we're meant to discover them and develop them so that we might climb the mountains of life, that we can live into all of the dreams and even get through the challenges of what it means to be the kingdom of God on earth. You know, it is so exciting for me when we watch somebody discover their divine potential, when they look at discovering a gift or a talent, and then they take it and they allow God's grace to, to fill them up and share it with others. It's, it's like watching that person and Christ come together in that moment and share it with others. We got to see that a lot this last week as people served all around this campus. There's one, I raced up Monday morning, way up to that tower, ran up those stairs so I could participate in worship. And as I hit the top of the stairs, I looked over to the right, and this is a picture of what I saw. 
See this? See those green shirts? Those are teenagers. You see, those teenagers, they, they decided to use their gifts. They discovered them. They learned how to operate all that stuff that's sitting up there. And as they did, they made it possible for 450 children to gather here and worship each and every day. You know, when it comes to mountain climbing, you can surrender to the mountain and you can learn and train and prepare. But at some point, you got to start climbing. And that's what those youth did. They took their gifts, they learned, and they started climbing the mountain. You see, when we start serving, we start climbing, well, we become the hands and feet of Christ for others, both for ourselves and for this world. And we saw that this week, and all the amazing uh, men and women and children, people dressing up, people serving, loving, before and after. But you know, the truth is, we get to see that week to week here. Because week to week on this campus, ministry happens because people like you are willing to give your gifts, your talents, your love, to serve this place and our community. We come together as the body of Christ to make God's love real because we all choose to surrender, to train, and to climb together. You know, people who are outside of the community of faith, they may ask, you know, why do you serve? Why discover your gifts and your talents, you know, especially when it's like really inconvenient? And I think it's because We have chosen to surrender ourselves to something greater than us. I think we do it because we're responding to a love that is so great that only our sovereign God can give us. I mean, God sent Christ to take the brokenness of our life, our hurt, our pain, our sin, and to restore us back to the created image of who we are. Because there's a destiny for you and for me, for we all have gifts that we can offer. And we together can experience something greater than ourselves by simply giving of ourselves to others. In your bulletin, you're going to find a a card. I like to call it the um, Explore Serving card. And you see, in August... Uh, There are going to be kids and youth and adults that are going to be returning back from summer break. And there are also some really big dreams that this church has. Dreams of reaching out into our communities, heading downtown, serving those in the greatest need. And the thing is, those dreams, they're going to need the hands and feet of Christ to live them out. And so I invite you just to look at that card. And if there is some place that you just would like some more information about, maybe the Spirit's been nudging you in a particular direction and you just want some more information, mark that off on the card. Somebody will get back in touch with you, talk to you about what it looks like to serve in that particular area. You can mark off several of them. You can just get information, see where the Spirit's leading you. Because you see, whether you work with the children or parking cars, or recording the data on Sunday mornings. All of us, all of us together, we're all about passing on the message of faith, 
hope, and love to others. And regardless of our age, we can choose to surrender, to train, and to start climbing into the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus said, my kingdom come, my will be done. Well, maybe today you're ready to take the next step for you in that direction of your life. For we are all of us God's children. And when we learn together and when we serve together and we come into this place and we worship together, regardless of our age, we pass on the faith that we have to others. We gain strength for this journey and we're able to to access the power of God to help others all of us climb the mountains of life. This past week, our worship leader, Brent, he shared with me a song that he wrote for his daughter when she was born. And it expresses how much a parent loves and hopes and wishes for his child. And as I listened to the words of the song, I realized how um, the song was meant for children, but that I think that song has a little bit of a message for us as well. You see, the thing is, kids, here's the deal. We, we tell you about how precious you are, how you are made in God's image, and how much God loves you. But what happens is we forget that that applies to us as grown-ups too. You see, we get so busy in the course of life that we forget that we too are God's children. And God wants to remind us, no matter how old we are, that we are loved, precious in the sight of God. And so as I close today, I want to close with the words of this song. It's called Another Child. And I want you to hear these words, kids, as words to you. But adults, I want you to hear these words to you as well. Another child was born for your kingdom today, and it just so happens that she shares my name. I'll teach her to grow, and I'll teach her to serve. I'll teach her that she is loved. And one day she'll find out for herself what you made her capable of. Let us pray. Lord, you created each one of us. You live in our hearts. Your spirit washes over us. May we be reminded that we too are precious in your sight. And we may we take all the love that you have for us and share that with the loving, hurting, and broken world. Amen.